Be conscious of how you're showing up. Be conscious of your space. Be conscious of the impact that you're having on people around you and take really, really good care of yourself so that you can be the most authentic and energized in whatever way that looks for you leader. Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Today, I am incredibly excited because finally, I am talking to one of my favorite people, Anise Cavanaugh. She is amazing. You're about to hear why. She's devoted to helping people show up and bring their best selves to the table, and she helps them create incredibly important, positive impact in their lives, in the lives of their organizations, all of these things she does. She's the creator of the IEP method, which is something that I always pull out if I'm having a particularly difficult day. I realize, wait a minute, I have to go back to this. It is really very, very good. You'll get into that with us, the intentional energetic presence. She's an advisor, thinking partner to leaders and organizations around the world. And she's the author of two incredible books, Contagious Culture, published a few years ago, which is fantastic. Actually, also The Leader You Will Be. That's a storybook. Is that right? We'll talk about that too. I don't know that one. And Contagious You, which is just coming out now. Unlock your power to influence, lead, and create the impact you want. I I can't even believe it because we have been friends on social media, shared things, gone back and forth, writing, etc. But finally, I am actually speaking to you. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Skip. I am I'm so happy to be having this conversation with you. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Well, it's incredible and it's perfectly appropriate because we're in the middle of flu season. We're starting it and we're talking about all things contagious. So there you go. But I don't think that's the contagious that we're talking about per se when we talk about that. But I should just say, how are we contagious? Before we get into how are we contagious? Well, we are contagious. Anybody listening can relate to this. So we're contagious in the energy we put out there. We're contagious in our body language. We're contagious in our emotions. We're contagious in our states of being and our attitudes. We're, we're, we're contagious in all the ways that can be used for really, really good stuff in the world or that can also be used negatively. So very true. And Anise, you know, Oftentimes people will say, leaders, you were talking to leaders, you can't have a bad day, you're always on stage, we hear these kind of things. And I say, but actually you do. You do have bad days. You do have days when your your mood's not great or you're stressed or your spouse is texting you saying your friend's in an accident or whatever's going on, right? But you provide strategies to help people First of all, just recognize where you are and then to master it. So can you talk a little bit about that and and how do you master intention, energy, and presence? I guess there's a whole continuum. You could be somebody struggling with it all the time or maybe occasionally. How do you master it? Yeah, I love that question. So the way that I hold this is no matter where you're at on the continuum, right this moment, since you're hearing this, this is the moment to start. What I talk about with people is There is the proactive side of being positively and usefully contagious, because I always add usefully in there, because that's a really important component we can talk about if you want. There's the proactive side of it. And then there's the reactive side, which is what you're talking about in terms of I'm having a really bad day, or I've got to go in and lead a team meeting, and I just don't feel like it or whatever might be going on. And the proactive side is 
you know, where our level of self-care comes in, uh, our mindset, the way that we are talking to ourselves, the way that we set ourselves up proactively so that we can show up in our very, very best way and take care of ourselves. That to me is the proactive side. So we can dig into that if you want. And then the reactive side is noticing that when we're not having the impact we want to have either in the moment or in our life or in a relationship or whatever it might be, or we're feeling what I think of as contracted, you know, I'm just feeling very, very tight and uncomfortable and agitated. The reactive side is just to be able to notice that, to take a breath and then to get present so that we can decide what our next step is from there. And I think the mastery comes in practicing it over and over and over and over again. And the joke is that I think actually the longer we practice it and the more awareness we have, the more work we have to do because we start to get even more in tune to little nuanced pieces. I absolutely can attest to that. And I have a little card that says intention, energy, and presence on it after Ooh. reading your book. And I bring my focus there. It's in, in my folder that I always have in meetings. And I bring my focus there if I notice I am straying and being reactive or if I want to just get more proactive to just think, where am I on these yeah. things? And I think the awareness is so critical and so important. Well, you were talking about self-care and you also mentioned talking to ourselves. So talking to ourselves, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking to hearing voices and talking to ourselves. <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. I'm glad to hear. So because I'm often talking to myself. How do we proactively talk to ourselves? What what do we what should we be talking to ourselves about? Oh, so good. Okay. So well, and this ties into the awareness, right? So to me, awareness is 70% of the battle. Once we have awareness of how we're feeling, how we're talking to ourselves, how we're showing up, once I have awareness, now I have choice. And so therefore I have power to start shifting it. So I just want to underline that piece about awareness is people will often come into this work and they go, oh, it's just, I, I can't get there. Well, no, you can absolutely get there if you have awareness and everybody can have awareness with that pause. Um, the talking to ourselves. So when I look at self-care, I think of self-care as you know our nutrition, our hydration, our sleep, meditation, exercise, whatever it might be that is your definition of self-care. The most common thing that is overlooked in self-care is self-talk and self-kindness. And that's the internal dialogue that most human beings, at least every single one I've met so far, has got running at all times. And there's a way that oftentimes the way that we're talking to ourselves and being critical or going, oh gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Or wow, look at that. I gotta, you know, I can't believe you gained five pounds or whatever it might be. Every time we talk negatively to ourselves, that actually is an energetic depleter. And I find that it's one of the most, it's one of the lowest hanging fruits in terms of starting to increase self-care and also increase our energetic field is what is the conversation we're having internally. I love that. You know, in my book, The Book of Mistakes, I say the most important microphone that we have is the one in our mind. Yeah. And oftentimes we just leave it unguarded. How do you protect that voice, whether it's your voice or other voices that are, are coming into it? It is just not something we're usually conscious of. And it's so important. You also, I, I love that walk from awareness to power uh, mm -hmm. that you took awareness, creating choice to power. When you are aware, which you say 70% and you're making the choices Tell us about that power. What, what is the impact? How do, how do we impact others 
with that power, mm-hmm. if we're conscious and aware of it, how, how do people show up? Because you've worked with leaders and people all over the world. When you see them authentically in that power, how do they show up differently than if they're in that reactive mode? Well, you're, you're speaking to one of my most favorite leadership, uh, quote unquote skills, which is the power of personal impeccability, which is where we have that awareness and we're conscious that the way that we're showing up is either contributing to making things better or contributing to it making it worse. So we're conscious that I actually have command of my own state. I actually am having an impact on how this conversation or meeting or whatever is going. And so that awareness component, you know, it's funny. Um, a, a lot of times people, and I was just talking to someone the other day and they're going on and on and on and on about how things around them are not working and their team's really hard to work with and their direct reports and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I said, well, hold on a second, take a deep breath. And I want you to think about how you're showing up with your team when you're coming from that energetic state of blame, frustration, you know, feeling overwhelmed, feeling kind of victim to what's going on in the organization right now. And I want you to take a deep breath and get really present. And I want you to think about how is it that you might be contributing to creating that, those, some of those dynamics. And if you can stop and get really present, even in this moment, the moment I get present to myself and I have that awareness of how I'm showing up, I'm now in a place of power where I get to choose what's the little thing I can do differently in order to help things go better. I get to choose this. So that's, that's really the walk is no matter what's happening at any moment, it is a perfect opportunity to shift to change the game, basically. And it starts with that awareness, which to me always comes back to breath. 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 The power of breath. Power. It's so underlooked, isn't it? We just don't think about it. Yeah, we don't. And then we don't breathe well, you know? So a lot of times we're breathing, and I'll find myself doing this too, if I lose awareness, is I'll find myself breathing from my neck up, which is not a very powerful place. So when I'm in a room and I'm leading, I'm not coming from my most powerful energetic state because one, I've lost awareness. So right there, to, you know, to your to your last question, if I'm not aware of my energetic state, if I'm not aware of myself in the equation of a dynamic, I'm not going to be as powerful. My field is not as strong. Then that's also obviously going, it works together with the breath. So if I'm speaking from my throat up, I'm not coming from as powerful or grounded as an energetic state from a breath component. So again, the minute I start to feel myself getting contracted or I'm losing the room or something is not going the way I want to go, if I can take a breath and go, okay, Nice, wait, hold on, breathe with your body, like really breathe, be here, get present, reboot and be with these people. Now my energetic state becomes stronger because I've got my awareness back and I'm in a place of choice of how I want to move forward. I love that. We're talking about self-care. We're talking about the power of breath, of being proactive, of moving from awareness to power. And yet so often people are so busy and so focused on a to-do list and so trying to get the deadlines met and trying to answer the interruptions and all of those things that are coming at us that we tend to give ourselves what's left Mm. instead of what's first, right? Mm -hmm. And you say that. So how do we reverse that? How do we really say, okay, we're going to, well, first of all, why, why is that? Why is it that most people leave ourselves very, very last? I think we're reactive. I think that um, we have a lot of things that we care about. And so we're like it's a natural human default to want to serve and contribute and help everything around us and to kind of put our own, 
you know, self-care and well-being on the back burner. You know, the, the, the typical thing, this one always makes me cringe is when I hear people say, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead, <laughs> Right. you know? Um, so I, so I think, I think it's kind of a, it's a, in a lot of cases, Skip, I think it's a bad habit. You know, I think it's just something that we don't have awareness around. And so we're in a reactive state and then something big happens. Sometimes if we're lucky, something will happen that will have us kind of wake up and go, hold on a second. What do I need to do actually to put myself at the front so I can lead even more effectively and really take care of the people around me? And the, you know, the, the classic of that is, you know, if you go, when you fly, they talk about, you know, for going down, the masks are going to crash out of the ceiling and put your mask on first before you do it for anybody else. Because basically if you're passed out or dead, you're of no use to anybody else. So to me, it's the exact same thing in leadership where I hold self-care is one of your most, if not the most important asset and leadership skill you have as a leader or as a human being, period. Couldn't agree with you more, although it's difficult to practice, I must oh, say. Oh, gosh, for sure. And, and believe me, I, I, I so, I mean, I, I bump up against that in my life all the time. And I think one of the things that I notice is really helpful is just getting conscious to our relationship that we have with our self-care and our agreements with ourselves. So for example, if I'm noticing that I'm not getting a lot of sleep or I'm not making time for good meals or whatever, if I can just be conscious and start to tell myself the truth, well, you know, like for example, well, maybe I'm watching a lot of TV at night or I'm staying up on social media, or maybe I'm just not consciously choosing to prepare healthy food for myself. And I'm deferring to fast food all the time. Like, as soon as I start to get conscious about the choices I'm making around my self-care and where, where I am on the priority list, right there is another level of awareness. And then I can decide what to do with it. And from that decision place, I'm back in my power. Um, the other piece I find really helpful is this whole thing around intentions. You know, so if you look at intention, energy, and presence, one of the most important things I've built into my life is the morning intention practice where first thing in the morning before I even get out of bed, I use the nine minute snooze button and the snooze is not to go back to sleep. The snooze is actually to do what I call a body scan. And the body scan is just checking in with myself. How does my health feel? How's my heart today? How's my spirit? Um, how do I feel about that issue? I was really struggling with yesterday. You know, what kind of attention do I need? And when I check in and give myself those nine minutes, that actually starts to set the tone and gets me present to me. So that then once I'm up, I can go ahead and set my intentions for how am I going to take care of myself today? And that's a big part of where the IEP methodology comes in, where we build that into the leadership plan of like, here's how you're going to actually create the space, even if it's five minutes. And even if it means your biggest act of self-care today is that you were nice to yourself instead of beating yourself up for not doing self-care. Well, you heard it here right now. And that is for now on, whenever you hit that snooze button, don't worry about it. Just say that you've hit the intention button and do that scan. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's great. And one of the other things you say uh, th that I love in your work is you talk about energy vampires, <laughs> <laughs> the lowest energy in the room. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you sense and confront an energy vampire? Okay, so... I talk about that guy or that gal. I always, I always joke around. I always say that their name is George or Georgette because I have never met a George or Georgette actually until recently. Um, so George and Georgette were always my pick on people when I would, when I lead sessions. And basically the, the first step in working with 
the lowest vibration of the room is to understand that it always exists. There's always going to be a lowest vibration in the room and that the lowest vibration in the room will win unless there's somebody in that room that is really good at holding their energetic state and being unwilling to compromise their field for the other person's. So lowest vibration wins unless you've got somebody who can hold their state. And since you're the one hearing this information, anybody listening to this, since as soon as I have awareness, that means I get to be the highest vibration in the room. And so the way that we do that is one, the awareness. So I'm noticing that I've got an energy vampire or George or whoever. I'm noticing that that's happening and I'm making a decision to not get sucked into it. Now, my level of self-care and intention and how well I've slept the night before and if I've eaten really well or not, that the more self-care I have and the stronger my energetic foundation is, the easier it's going to be for me to hold my energetic state and not match George. Like I know for I know for sure if I'm exhausted, if I'm not taking care of myself, if I've just had a bunch of sugar, you know, or whatever might be going on. If I run into the lowest vibration, it is much easier for me to drop down and match that than if I'm taking care of myself, I can, I can handle being in the relationship or in the dynamic in that moment with that lowest vibration. And I can often, if I can hold my state, I can even invite them to step up. So first step awareness, the, the underneath all that, of course, is your proactive, working your, your IEP proactively, your intentions, energy, and presence proactively. Um, and taking care of yourself. And then if that's all failing, and let's just say the lowest vibration is continuing to try and suck the life out of you or the life out of your team meeting, then there's a whole new formula that you can start to use where you look at, all right, let's check in. Let's check in with how everyone's doing. Let's get curious about what's going on with George. And let's you know, ask George if there's anything that he needs, or does he have a request that seems to be under this energetic complaint that he's holding? You know, And so there's different ways we can speak to that in a way that doesn't make the person wrong and actually lower the vibration even more, but instead gives the lowest vibration an opportunity to step up and make a change. And if all else fails in your leading, just send George on a little errand and let him leave the room. <laughs> yeah. Ex- yeah. And just, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think one of my favorite skills for this is just naming it. You just going, Hey, George, wow. I'm noticing you, you seem really low right now. I'm noticing you're you know, you're sitting there with your arms crossed, your brows furrowed and every single idea that's come in, you said, nah, nah, nah. I'm just, I'm super curious. Like what's going on with you? The minute- I love that. I do it all the time. I'm sure you do. It's very effective. I think uh, to, to, to name it. Yeah. And also I find at a break when you pull that person aside and say, you know, you may just say, Hey, I noticed you're popping all the balloons before they have a chance to lift. Could yeah. you do me a favor and hold back a little bit and yeah. let's think about this and, and don't pop something until it has chance to breathe and that kind of thing. And, and it does help because sometimes they're not aware of it. Oh, um, oh, for sure. Most of the time. Oh, right. for sure. And, and here's the other thing, Skip. I'm sure you found this. Like nobody wakes up in the morning and says, Ooh, I want to be the lowest vibration. I want to be an energy vampire. I want to be George Tate. Nobody wakes up and, and intentionally wants to shut the way. In my experience, I was thinking of trying it tomorrow. I think, I think we should both try it. And then I think we should do another recording tomorrow and see yeah, just, how, it, and how it goes instead. Yeah. Just be like, I'm going to be the emotional vampire uh, interviewer. But I'm, and then I'm going to be even worse. And so then the two of us will have like your whole audience will just, they'll never listen again. Or they might, they might really enjoy it. I'm not sure. But- well, you know, Anise, you're talking about 
this happening in the room. And as I'm I'm reading this and seeing this, we also live in a culture where these emotional vampires are not just physically in the room with us. Yeah. They appear on social media, for instance, mm-hmm. or on TV. Mm-hmm. What do you do with those emotional vampires? Mm. So to me, again, that comes back to, you know, awareness and presence and what I call, um, I call it the bubble. I call it bubbling up. And I talk about this in all my books and all, and all the IEP methodology actually is really looking at remembering that we all have our own energetic space. We all have our own space and we get to decide what we take on and what we let in and what we don't. So we, we get to decide that. And so the way that I hold that when I'm looking at the news or social media or, 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 you know, the holiday dinner where there's, you know, gloomy Gertie, who's always bringing all the low vibes into the holiday dinner with whatever's going on. Uh, the way that I hold that is again, if I, have built up my energetic field so that I'm clear enough and present enough to understand that what she's actually putting at me or what I'm seeing on the news is a lot of other, you know, is a lot of uh, probably projection and other people's attitudes and whatnot. If I can stay present, I can be clear in, well, how do I actually feel about this? And how do I want to interact with this? And the way I might want to interact with that is if on social media, there's a lot of negativity going on, or there's some troll having a good time on a feed my interaction might be decide to opt out of interacting or my, my, my interaction might be to decide to ask that person what their request is instead of their complaint. Um, the, the core point being is being aware that I have my space and I'm at choice with what I want to take on what I don't. And then the other side being, I'm also at choice with how I want to contribute to helping things go better. And if I'm exhausted because I've let the energy of everything around me take me down, if I'm exhausted because I've taken on all that negative energy, I can't be my most helpful and resourceful self. And so it actually, again, we come back to that leadership, you know, or self-care is a leadership skill where it's my job to take care of myself so I can decide how I want to help things go better in the world. I love that. And for those of you listening, it is so important to know that in this book, there are theories and ideas to become more aware, but then there's strategies for how to deal with it. And thinking about what Anise was just talking about, I just want to read this one little section talking about this bubble because I I have her book earmarked and I have to have two copies of every book. One copy is the pristine copy that I show people. And then I have my copy that I write all over and fold and it makes us book lovers crazy, (laughs) but I have to have two. But it says, take a deep breath and remember you have your space, Mm -hmm. then own your own bubble and set an intention that this bubble is safe space and no one's negativity is getting in it. The bubble doesn't make George our problems or chaos go away. It creates a boundary, giving us our own clear space to decide how to interact with George and navigate the situation versus overreacting and becoming energetically overwhelmed. Of course, I also think poor George, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave that aside. That's the type of uh, powerful... Uh, writing and thoughts and and ideas for you to be able to see things in a different way and then react. And I think seeing things that way in a bubble sense or whatever, there's various things, tools that you use throughout the books, create a way for you to see things and then operate in a different intention, energy, and presence. So I want everyone to just know that it's very practical in in its uh, ability to help you move. Mm. Well, Anissa, I want to ask this, you know, you're really helping people create and encourage positive and contagious energy. Mm. How do the best leaders, the ones that you see every day, do that? 
And you say, well, the whole book is about that. And it is. But you witness these people every day. And some of them just bring in this positive, contagious energy wherever they go. How and why is that? Is it mostly one or two things? Or is it really the totality of everything, the awareness, the personal care, all the different tactics? Because some people just seem to radiate it like they're, they're born with it. And other people have to get there over time. Do you have any magical answer to that? <laughs> um, magical answer. I'm not sure if it's magical. I, um, <laughs> I think that I think it's both and Skip. I think it's everything you just said. I think it's the totality. And then I think there are actions and behaviors that I see that really help that. I think it's also really important to name that when we're talking about uh, positive and contagious energy, I can be positively contagious and bouncing off the walls and high vibe. And what most people would think of is like, oh, you got to be you got to be super positively contagious. So a lot of people will think that that's a lot of energy and I'm bringing just positivity all the time. I can actually be that way and not be helpful or useful to what's going on. So I want to make a, I always like to make a little bit of a distinction, which is that there's being positively contagious, which basically in my mind means being in service of in your own authentic way. It does not mean that you're showing up as a cheerleader or in a certain way that looks positively contagious. So it's being positively and contributorily contagious, and then also being useful in that. Does that follow? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's an important distinction. I just had somebody write me the other day and they said, okay, um, we're really working on being positively contagious. So everyone comes in and they're bouncing off the walls. And actually there's some people that's so inauthentic for, and so it's hurting their leadership credibility. What do I do? And I love that question because None of this, none of what I'm saying in any of this work, and especially in Contagious You, is about bubble up, be happy, go out there, be, you know, have tons of energy. It's not that. It's be conscious of how you're showing up, be conscious of your space, be conscious of the impact that you're having on people around you, and take really, really good care of yourself so that you can be the most authentic and energized in whatever way that looks for you, leader. And so when we look at these people that you're talking about, these leaders who, you know, maybe they have a ton of energy and stamina, or maybe they're just incredibly inspiring to be around. The commonalities that I see are they, most of them take really good care of themselves. Most of them are very good at pausing and paying attention to what's going on and really listening to whatever's in the room or whatever's not being said in a conversation. They're really listening at a, at a very special level and they're also very authentic in their energy. So they're not faking being high vibe. They actually might be very introverted and very quiet, but the quality of presence that they're bringing because their energetic field is so clean, it's so, uh, the quality of presence is so solid that that's actually is what is inviting people to follow them. And so that that's a, you know, way of being and their presence and how they're showing up, which can all be really supported by, again, that self-care piece, the bubbling up, like all those pieces. But then there's the actual activities that they can do. And some of those are, you know, those leaders are really good at curiosity. They're really good at getting, uh, engaging people in the why and the who they're impacting as a team or as a company. They're really good at coaching people around their intentions and what are their intentions for impact and even what are their intentions for like, their career, the legacy they want to leave with their position, whatever it might be. So these leaders are other focused and they're absolutely in service of the people around them while they are 
fully devoted also to taking good care of themselves. And I think you have to have those two to be the most positively and usefully contagious leader possible. Authenticity and curiosity. What a powerful combination. And and it is true throughout this book, authenticity is so very important. I just want to read another section. May I read from this brilliant author in this <laughs> that you will love? I'm going to quote, uh, I'm going to quote, there is an inner game and an outer game of leadership playing at all times. The inner game being the energy, beliefs, mindset, well-being, and presence and who we are. And the outer game being what we actually do in our communication skills and interacting with others. The inner game drives the outer mm-hmm. game and no one can play your game but you. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think that so often in leadership, in leadership development, in school, in early career development and on, we focus so much on the outer game, what we're seeing, the interactions, the communication skills, that's what we talk about in performance reviews. Mm -hmm. But your uh, focus to start with that inner game is actually what makes the most difference in terms of success, leadership, authenticity, presence. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, to me, is the remarkable balance because we often, most of us, have it balanced wrong. We're thinking of those outer things mm-hmm. and not first of those inner things. And so um, thank you for these great works and for this conversation and for your work We've just touched on, skimmed over really so many different aspects, but these are books that people are going to want to get into. It addresses burnout, self-care, our internal state, our mental health, dealing with those emotional vampires, dealing with people with low energy, self-kindness, that self-talk you were talking about, uh, difficult conversations, all of these things to help us build a, a, a better more intentional, energetic presence that has a much bigger impact. So thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. So glad to finally talk to you. Oh, Skip, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.